بسم الله بسم الله والحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه وله أما بعد السلام عليكم ورحمة الله تعالى وبركاته Yeah, <laughs> How's everybody doing? It's not Jumu'ah, you can speak. How's everybody doing? Alhamdulillah. Khair, inshallah. So we are, inshallah, going to finish today uh, the last portion, inshallah ta'ala, of this uh, hadith, Jibreel, such an essential uh, and important hadith. And so we've reached, alhamdulillah, the port, part where we say um, that Qal, uh, Umar ibn al-Khattab, he's narrating, he says, Qal, فأخبرني عن الإحسان. Tell me about إحسان. What is this concept of إحسان? قال أن تعبد الله كأنك تراه وإن لم تكن تراه فإنه يراك. He says that إحسان is that you worship Allah as though you are seeing Him, but of course you do not see Him, so you know that He sees you. Now this is a very very interesting uh, uh, hadith for a few reasons. One, the first reason why it's interesting is because we know that إحسان has a linguistic definition. Ihsan means to do ahsana yuhsinu ihsanan fahuwa muhsinun, right? It's just, it's a, it's a standard verb. And ihsan implies what? When you do something either well or very well, well or like with perfection or excellence, whatever the case is, however you want to translate it. And so it already has a meaning. So then why is it that the Prophet is defining it as something else? And the understanding that we get is what? That yes, ihsan is to do things with excellence linguistically, but the Prophet is explaining to us how do you reach this excellence? How do you get to such a state where you're going to do things in an excellent way? You do that by what? Seeing Allah Ta'ala in everything that you do. Seeing the Creator in all of the creation. Whenever, wherever you are going, you, whatever, whatever you're uh, involved in, you see the Creator behind the creation. And, of co- and then you could say that this is a clarification. Now, of course, you don't see Allah. We don't believe in pantheism, the idea that God is in everything. Uh, the idea of pantheism is what Hindus often, you would, you would attribute to Hinduism because they say that God is in his creation, in everything, permeating everything, and therefore God is more concentrated in certain areas like idols, and therefore it's, it's valid to worship them. We, del- we believe that Allah Ta'ala is Allah Ta'ala is above and beyond the creation. This is why there are so many ayat describing what? That he sends down the ayat, right? And your deeds go up to him, etc. This idea of he is removed from his creation in a way that befits his majesty, in a way that we cannot fully comprehend. Allah Ta'ala is simply beyond this realm. Point being that, yes, of course you cannot physically see Allah Ta'ala, but you can understand that Allah Ta'ala is behind everything that you are going through, right? And so uh, it's as if you see him, but since you don't see him, then he ultimately sees you. You have that presence of mind or that consciousness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So that's, I hope that's clear. What's interesting is that you should develop this hyper-awareness of Allah ta'ala first in salah. Salah is like the training, right? Where you particularly, I mean, subhanAllah, Allah knows best as to what the symbolism is of raising the hands. But to me, it's always seemed like, this is just my own opinion, it's as if you're throwing everything else behind, away behind your back. Like, you know, just whatever's in my head, get rid of it. Why? Because whatever I'm thinking about, Allah is greater. Allahu Akbar. Allah is greater than that. And then you don't move. You just look down. You don't get distracted by looking around or moving around. You just focus and recite the Qur'an. This is what? Training yourself to be in the presence of Allah Ta'ala. Hence why you bow. Hence why you prostrate. You're in the presence of Allah Ta'ala. When you train yourself five times a day of doing this, hopefully you can bring that quality of having the presence of Allah Ta'ala in your life Instead of just in salah, outside of salah as well. You can develop that. This does not mean that if you develop that, that, that uh, ability to have the presence of mind of Allah Ta'ala, the presence of Allah Ta'ala in your mind, 
uh, in your life, that means you can now abandon salah. Some people will get to the state where they say, oh, you know, I'm such a, such a spiritual level, I'm always in the dhikrullah. I'm always in the remembrance of Allah, therefore I don't need to pray. Nonsense, nonsense. The Prophet ﷺ had to pray. If the Prophet ﷺ had to pray, you have to pray. Don't say, oh no, I'm at such a status. No, no, no. Keep that, thank you, thank you very much. Keep it to yourself. Nobody cares what you think of yourself or how great you think you are. It's all nonsense. So, um, yes, what does it mean to be excellent? Well, it really means, it, de- it depends on what you're dealing with. Ihsan is dependent upon what you're dealing with, right? So, if you are sitting in a lecture and listening, what is Ihsan? Paying close attention, maybe even taking notes, right? Making sure that you are not distracted, maybe turning off your phone, etc., etc. When you are in, for instance, I don't know, uh, 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 dealing with family members, Ihsan is something different. When you are at school, Ihsan is something different. When you're with, you know, your, 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 your children or your spouse, and so on and so forth. When you're at work. So Ihsan is very case dependent, but in each case, you should always want to have the presence of mind that Allah Ta'ala is in everything that I, Allah is the one testing me. Allah is the one who put me in this test. Allah is putting me in this scenario to see if I'm going to do good or am I going to do bad. Am I going to be honest or am I going to tell a lie? Am I going to uh, stand up for what I believe in or am I going to compromise and, and hide my, my true beliefs like a munafiq, the one who keeps his true beliefs hidden. So you have to see that Allah Ta'ala is behind the whole test, no matter what scenario that you're in. Yes. Now, I'm not, we're going to go into more detail of what Ihsan is, to be perfectly honest, in hadith number 17. Because there's a whole hadith specifically dedicated to Ihsan. So we're going to leave some of these details off for later, inshallah ta'ala. Now, there's two ways of describing this hadith. That either this hadith is describing one level of faith, or two levels of faith. One level of faith meaning what? That uh, uh, one level of faith, oh, well, let, let's start with two levels of faith. The two levels of faith could be a description of, look, it's as if you see Allah in everything, but since you can't see Allah Ta'ala in everything, then therefore the lesser level is that you know that Allah is watching you. It's as if there's two levels of ihsan. However, I think that there is a nicer description or nicer, uh, different explanations that I think might be, in my opinion, more convincing. One is that the Prophet is just offering a clarification. That, no, it's one level of iman, that it's as if you see Allah Ta'ala in everything you do, but just so you know, obviously you don't physically see Allah, but you know that Allah sees you. So it's not two different levels, it's just one level. And personally, the most beautiful definition that I think is really touching is the idea that this is describing two states. The state when you're doing good deeds, and the state when unfortunately you fall into sin. And I think this is a very, very powerful way of looking at this hadith, personally. Because honestly, sometimes I think, when we don't look at it from this perspective, we think of ihsan as something that is for angels. It's not for humans. We're not, we're not, we're never gonna be worthy. I'll never be a muhsin. What's even the point of trying? Right? Because I'm never gonna be in such a state where no matter what happens, I always have Allah Ta'ala in my mind, and I'm never gonna sin, and I'm always gonna be perfect. But, if you think of it from this perspective, the idea is what? When you're doing good deeds, you do good deeds, not thinking about the people that are watching, not thinking about gaining people's favor or approval. You're thinking that what I'm doing, it's as if I see Allah Ta'ala in front of me. And then when I make a mistake and when I slip and I do a bad deed, at least I have the guilt that is pulling me away from that sin, hopefully to either make me stop or at least me to reduce it or to, you know, avoid it next time. I have the presence of mind that Allah is watching me. I think this is a beautiful way of looking at it because look, it's very much uh, 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 accepting of our humanity. We're human beings. All of us make mistakes. So it's very important that, alhamdulillah, Allah, uh, that, we, that we recognize that yes, you can still strive for ihsan, even still being a human being. In other words, how can, how can I, me being a human being and making mistakes, how can I reach this level of ihsan? 
so that every time I'm doing something good, I'm not thinking about the people that are looking at me. I'm not giving charity thinking I'm giving money to this poor person. Rather, no. It's as if, subhanAllah, I can see that Allah Ta'ala is behind this test, and I'm saying, Ya Allah, this is a yuqridullah qardan hasana. I'm giving a, a good loan to you, O oh Allah. You see Allah Ta'ala's test behind it. And there's a beautiful hadith that mentions this, actually. It's a very beautiful hadith. Uh, uh, it's, in, uh, it's, a, uh, it's in Sahih Muslim. It's a hadith Qudsi. Allah Ta'ala on, de- on resurrection will say, O oh, son of Adam, I fell ill, and you, uh, uh, I-, I fell ill, and you didn't visit me. And then the abd will say, Ya Allah. So the hadith says, Ya ibn Adam, maridtu falam ta'udni. I fell sick and you didn't visit me. And then the abd, the slave will say, Ya Rabb, kayfa a'uduka wa anta rabbil alameen. Oh Allah, how could I visit you when you're the Lord of the worlds? And then Allah Ta'ala says, what? Ama alimta anna abdi fulanan marida falam ta'udhu. Didn't you know that so-and-so got sick and you didn't visit him? In other words, what is, what is this hadith saying? That when so-and-so was sick, had you visited him, you would have found me. As in, you would have found my mercy, you would have found my ajr, you would have found my favor, my love, etc. Uh, uh, and so the hadith goes on. It's a lengthy, lengthy hadith. Uh, uh, did you not uh, know that if you visited him, you would have found uh, me with him? Oh, son of Adam, I asked you for food and you do not feed me. Oh, 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 Rabb, how could I have fed you when you're the Lord of the world? He would say, don't you know that so-and-so needed food? And had you fed him, you would have found me. And so on and so forth. The hadith goes on and on. And saying, same, says this with sickness, says this with food, says this with drink. The idea is what? That you see Allah Ta'ala behind every good deed that you do. You get, you're giving food, you're, 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 you're visiting somebody, you're saying salam to somebody, you're teaching somebody. Whatever you're doing, you do it with Allah Ta'ala in your mind. It's as if you see Allah. Then when you make a mistake... You feel guilty. I know I'm doing something wrong. Why? I know that Allah is watching me. So even so, when you're not in the state of doing good, as if you see Allah, then just know that He is seeing you, and that gives you a sense of guilt. It makes you quickly turn back to tawbah. It makes you quickly try to finish whatever you're doing and not not return back to it, and so on and so forth. And so, Subhanallah, I think that's a very very beautiful way, a very beautiful beautiful understanding of this. Uh, hadith. But again, of course, it could be two different levels, one of mushahada and one of muraqaba. Mushahada is when you witness Allah in everything that you're doing, and muraqaba is that He is watching you in everything that you do. And subhanAllah, but yeah, I, I, I love the, the, the other one about uh, the good and bad, because it, 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 it balances hope and fear. When you see Allah in everything, that's your hope. And when you fear that Allah is watching you, the bad things that you do, that's the fear. So this balance of hope and fear is exactly where your state of iman is supposed to be, right? Same thing with Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim, Maliki Yawm It's hope and fear, the balance between the two. Now, yes, of course, undoubtedly, if we were able to see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this would improve our behavior. There's no doubt about this. We know the famous hadith. إِنَّ لِلَّهِ مَلَائِكَةً يَطُوفُونَ فِي الطُرُقِ uh, that subhanAllah, Allah has certain angels that they just go around. Imagine, they're just traveling around this earth looking for Ahlul Dhikr, people that are remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Inshallah ta'ala, hopefully a moment like this, hopefully a masjid like this in a time and place like right now. They're looking for places like this. And then when they find people that are making the dhikrullah subhanahu wa ta'ala, what do they do? They say, come, 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 halumma, get over here guys. Why? This is what you were looking for. This is what you were in need of. SubhanAllah, they have a love and a desire to see the believers. So they start uh, packing on. فَيَحُفُّونَهُمْ بِأَجْنِحَتِهِمْ إِلَى السَّمَاءِ dunya. So they start piling on top of each other more and more and more until they get to the highest level uh, of this sama'a dunya. قَالَ فَيَسْأَلُهُمْ 
Rabbuhum. So Allah Ta'ala asks them, their Lord asks them, minhum, And He obviously knows the answer, but He's asking anyway, Ma yaqulu ibadi? What are my slaves saying? Yaquluna yusabbihunaka wa yukabbirunaka wa yahmadunaka wa yumajidunaka. They are glorifying you and magnifying you and praising you and extolling you and, and uh, you know, all these beautiful terms. They're, they're, they're worshipping you, O oh Allah. Hal ra'uni? Have they seen me? La wallahi. Ma ra'uka? No, by Allah, by Allah, they have not seen you. Wa kayfa law ra'uni? And what if they had seen me? La ra'uka kanu ashadda laka ibadatan. If they saw you, then they would be even more intense in their worship for you. Wa ashaddu laka tamjidan. And they would magnify you more. Wa akhtharu laka tasbihan. And they would glorify you even more. Subhanallah. Fama yas'aluni? What do they want? What are they asking for me? Yas'alunaka al-jannah. They're asking for Jannah. وَهَلْ رَأَوْهَا Have they ever seen Jannah? لَا وَاللَّهِ يَا رَبْ مَا رَأَوْهَا No, by, uh, by Allah they have never seen paradise. وَكَيْفَ لَوْ أَنَّهُمْ رَأَوْهَا And what, 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 how would it be if they had seen paradise? لَوْ أَنَّهُمْ رَأَوْهَا كَانُوا أَشَدَّ عَلَيْهَا حِرْصًا If they had seen paradise, they would be more intense in its desire for it. They'd be even more longing for it, subhanAllah. وَأَشَدُّ لَهَا طَلَبًا And they would ask for it even more. وَأَعْظَمُ فَمِمَّا يَتَعَوَّذُونَ What are they seeking refuge from? What do they want to be protected from? مِنَ النَّارِ From the fire. فَهَلَ رَأَوْهَا Have they ever seen it? لَا وَاللَّهِ مَا رَأَوْهَا No, by Allah they have never seen it. وَكَيْفَ لَوْ رَأَوْهَا What if they had seen it? لَوْ رَأَوْهَا كَانُوا أَشَدُّ مِنْهَا فِرَارًا وَأَشَدُّ لَهَا مَخَافَةً Had they seen it, they would be even more intense in their running from it and from their, in their fear of it. فَأُشْهِدُكُمْ So I make you witness, O angels. Allah is now telling them, I make you witness. أَنِّي قَدْ غَفَرْتُ لَهُمْ That indeed I have forgiven them. And then, وَيَقُولُ مَلَكٌ Then one single angel, he asks, مِنَ الْمَلَائِكَةِ فِيهِمْ One of them asks, فُلَانٌ لَيْسَ مِنْهُمْ إِنَّمَا جَاءَ بِحَاجَةٍ There's one guy, he was with them. He, didn't, he wasn't even part of the halaqa. He wasn't even with them. He was just kind of passing by due to some other need. What about that guy? Is he get forgiven too? Allah says, هُمُ الْجُلَسَاءِ لَا يَشْقَى بِهِمْ جَلِيسُهُمْ That Allah Ta'ala responds, these are those people who, whose companions will not be reduced in, uh, to misery. In other words, just by being in this company, subhanAllah, you will not be, uh, you will not be reduced to misery. In other words, you're going to profit from, your, from that presence as well. It's like, subhanAllah, why was the kalb of uh, Ashab al-Kahf why was that dog mentioned so many times? And we know, subhanAllah, the reason is because this, this dog, subhanAllah, was just in the company of the righteous. And that was enough for this dog to be mentioned several times in the Qur'an, subhanAllah. Even a dog, if, if a dog can be given honor and status in the Qur'an just because of his companions, then what about a human being, subhanAllah? Then the next question is, what is the reward for ihsan? Allah Ta'ala says, That for whoever does good, Whoever does excellence, their reward will be excellence, waziyada, and extra, and even more than that. So it's beautiful that this ziyada, when you look into the tafsir, this ziyada, the, the husna, the excellence, is talking about what? It's talking about paradise. The ziyada is referring to seeing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And furthermore, we know that Allah says, Wallahu yuhibbul muhsinin, Allah loves those who do ihsan. We know Allah says, Hal jazaul ihsani illa al ihsan. What is the reward for excellence except excellence? And what's amazing is that this now in the Qur'an, this concept of excellence is being associated with what? Seeing Allah Ta'ala. And what did the Prophet teach us? That ihsan is to worship Allah as if you see Him. So isn't that amazing that in the Qur'an you find Allah is saying, for those who do ihsan, you're going to get paradise, you're going to have, you have the best of rewards, and then extra. What is that extra? You're going to ru'ya. 
It's the ability to see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in a way that befits His majesty. This is something that we cannot comprehend. This is something that is beyond our comprehension. But basically what it describes is being in the divine presence. And this is something that is going to be greater than any other reward. So subhanAllah, how, how amazing that the Prophet is telling you what? Live your life as if you see Allah Ta'ala. This will give you ihsan, this will give you excellence. And what will you be, be your reward? Your reward will be what? That you will finally see Allah Ta'ala. There's an expression which I think very aptly describes this situation. It is what? Fake it till you make it. You guys ever heard this expression before? They, they talk about this in, in business. They talk about this in sports. They talk about this in any sort of uh, field, right? Imagine a young person who, let's say, is uh, uh, you know, joining you know, a certain league, like you know, baseball league, basketball league, football league, whatever, right? He feels like, I'm the new guy. Everybody's doubting me. I feel so nervous. I don't feel like I'm a professional. So what should you do? Just act like you're a professional until you are a professional. Fake it till you make it. In other words, just ask yourself, how does the professional act? How, what is the behavior of a pro? Let me just embody what I think that is. Let me just put on that display until it becomes natural, right? This is it's a, very, it's a very useful piece of advice. I know it sounds negative because you're saying fake it, and fake it sounds like deceptive. But the idea is, if you want to develop a certain persona, you just have to jump right in and start to tell yourself, this is who I am, right? To become a professional, you have to tell yourself, how would a professional act? I am a professional. Let me just, let me just jump right into that persona. And when I do, I will eventually uh, allow that persona to grow on me. And eventually I will become a professional, whether it be in sports, whether it be in business, whether it be in whatever, right? Just fake it till you make it, as they say. So subhanAllah, or another expression they say is, act as if. I've heard this, you know, in, in like, uh, you know, motivational speakers. They say, act as if. Act as if you're the best in the world at something. Why? Because that's how you become the best in the world at something, right? Act as if you, you, you know, you, you're, you're, you're a professional because that's how you become a professional. Just always play out that idea. And so in that same sort of vein, Act as if, or live as if, what? You can see Allah Ta'ala in everything. Why? Because then, inshallah, if you just put that on in your life, for a few years you hold on to this lifestyle of seeing Allah Ta'ala in everything that you do, what's going to happen? You will die, and you'll actually get to see Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala. It's an incredible, incredible uh, concept, the way it's all put together. And this is further confirmed when Allah Ta'ala says what? وَجُوهُنْ يَوْمَئِذٍ نَاظِرَ إِلَىٰ رَبِّهَا نَاظِرَ Allah Ta'ala says what? Some faces on that day will be radiating. Some faces will be beaming with light. Why? Because they will be looking at their Lord. This is going to be the greatest reward for the believers. And the greatest punishment to the kuffar is what? Allah says what? Say, no, rather, indeed, from their Lord on that day, they will be blocked, they will be barred, they'll be mahjubun. So this is the greatest punishment for the kuffar, that they will be cut off from looking at their Lord. Now, of course, nobody can claim that they, can't, they do see Allah, hence why Allah, the Prophet says what? As if. So if anybody says, I'm at such a spiritual level that I've had visions and I've seen the divine, I've been in the divine presence, you tell them, well, not according to the Prophet According to the Prophet he says, as if, hence you're a liar. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, don't get caught. I mean, there's certain people, there's certain people that they try to go to these extremes, right? They try to say, you know, I'm at such a spiritual state. And Okay, good for you. So, um, yeah, no, we're all human beings. At the end of the day, we're human beings, and we should not get above ourselves and, and get to these levels of uh, hubris and so forth. Next part of the hadith, qala. So now, uh, Jibreel salam says, فَأَخْبِرْنِي عَنِ السَّاعَةِ Tell me about as-sa'ah, the hour. قَالَ مَا الْمَسْؤُولُ عَنْهَا بِأَعْلَمَ مِنَ السَّائِلِ That the Prophet says what? The one who is asking doesn't know any more than the one who is being asked 
uh, oh, sorry, sorry, the one who is being asked doesn't know more than the one who is asking. In other words, we both, we both don't know. So, the first question is, why is Judgment Day called Judgment Day, or Yawm Al-Qiyamah, or As-Sa'a? So, Allah Ta'ala A'lam, there's uh, you know, much uh, discussion about this issue, but there's a few ideas here. One is to imply that, because it could be called the minute, right? It could be called the second. It could be called the hour. It could be called the day. It could be called the... SubhanAllah, Allah tells us what? In Surah Al-Ma'arij, Allah says that it's a day which is 50,000 years long. So, subhanAllah, 50,000 years is not an hour, <laughs> right? So what is the idea? The idea is that, inshallah, there's a few perspectives. One is that it's going to come all of a sudden. If you said the day or the year or whatever, then it feels big, it feels long. It feels like it's going to have a big production, big, you know. But no, Allah Ta'ala is telling us what? It's a sa'a, the hour. That means, you know, the hours change and we don't even notice, right? Oh, look at that, it's 6 o'clock. Oh, it's 7 o'clock. You don't even notice, right? So a sa'a implies what? That it's going to come and you're not going to be ready for it. That's one idea. The second point is that inshallah Ta'ala, for the believers, it'll be quick. For the disbelievers, it'll feel like 50,000. It'll be 50,000 uh, years long, as Allah Ta'ala mentions. For the believers, inshallah Ta'ala, you go up, book in the right hand. Uh, hey, look at this. Read my book. Okay, everybody, check it out. Read my book. I got it in my right hand. You know, you're going to brag a little. You're going to see. You're going to drink from the halb. It's going to feel quick. It's going to feel fun. It's going to feel enjoyable, right? Under the arsh, uh, uh, the zil, the, the shade of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So maybe the hour is implying what? It's short for the believers, inshallah. Whereas for the disbelievers, it will be long and painful. Allah ta'ala mentions, فَهَلْ يَنظُرُونَ إِلَّا السَّاعَةَ أَن تَأْتِهُمْ بَغْتَةً then do they await that the hour should come upon them unexpectedly? So the word sa'a is associated, not yom al-qiyamah, but a sa'a is associated with it coming unexpectedly. So that confirms the idea that it's, it comes as a shock. That's why it's called a sa'a. And then Allah says, but already uh, uh, its indications or its signs have already come. SubhanAllah. Allah Ta'ala is saying that some of the signs of judgment day have already been established. SubhanAllah. Like for example, the coming of the final prophet. Obviously if he's the final prophet, that means after him is what? Game over. So subhanAllah, may Allah protect us. So, furthermore, Allah Ta'ala confirms that nobody knows the time. So we know that the Prophet is saying, look, I don't know, you don't know. And Allah Ta'ala says this in, in different places. Yes, uh, so Allah Ta'ala says, they ask you, O Muhammad Sallallahu about the hour, when is its arrival? Say, its knowledge is only with my Lord. Surah, Surah A'raf. Uh, 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 Furthermore, يَسْأَلُونَكَ عَنِ السَّاعَةِ أَيَّانَ مُرْسَاهَا فِيمَ أَنْتَ مِنْ ذِكْرَاهَا إِلَى رَبِّكَ مُنْتَهَاهَا Allah Ta'ala says, they ask you about the hour, when is its arrival? Then respond to them, in what position are you to mention it? Like, in, in what are you with, uh, where are you with regards to its mention? Where are you with regards to this day of judgment? In other words, are you ready for it, essentially? And to your Lord is its final, uh, is, the, is, is its finality. In other words, in multiple ayat, you're finding what? Allah Ta'ala is saying, nobody knows the hour. Instead of thinking about what time it comes in, you should really be thinking about what you've prepared for. Why? What is the wisdom behind this? The wisdom is, if I, if let's say we knew that, uh, judgment day is in a thousand years, everybody would sit back and say, thousand years, well, you know, no problem. Subhanallah, don't we realize that our judgment day, our akhirah, our yawm al-qiyamah, when does it arrive? The moment you pass away. This roof can cave in on me. My heart can just stop beating. Oh, and then I pass away, I die. Your, your, your qiyamah can begin at any moment. So by not mentioning it, there's actually a lot of wisdom. It's to keep you on your toes and to recognize just how fragile your life is. And so this is a deeper wisdom that we should appreciate. That instead of asking, what's the exact date? SubhanAllah, you can get hit by anything. You could, you could, 
you could get sick, you could pass away. Especially in these days, subhanAllah, people are getting sick and passing away in record numbers. So subhanAllah, we should not be so overconfident. We should recognize that life is a short test and we are soon on our way out to meet our Creator, insha'Allah ta'ala. So instead of asking what's the time, we should say, Fima anta min dhikraha. Where are you with regards to its mention? In other words, where are, like, how, what have you prepared for? Where are you with regards to uh, uh, remembering it? Yes. And the beauty of this hadith is also mentioning, is teaching us what? That a truly knowledgeable person is the one who's humble enough to say, I don't know. The Prophet ﷺ does not say, well, uh, no, he just says, look, I don't know and you don't know. Both of us don't know. That sh- shows humility. And nobody should be above saying, I don't know. It's very awkward when, you know, you're in a position of knowledge and people respect you and they ask you a question and you feel like you have to give some kind of answer. But if, you, if that pushes you to lie, then subhanAllah, this is clearly evil. This is clearly wrong. You should just be honest and say, look, I don't know. I, I don't. If the angels, subhanAllah, if the angels were humble enough when asked, you know, what are the names that I taught to Adam? Tell me the names. Subhanaka la ilma lana illa ma allamtana. We don't know except for what you taught us. In other words, I don't know. If the angels are humble enough and they're perfect to say, I don't know, then subhanAllah, we should uh, be able to say, I don't know. Uh, so that's a, a very important lesson for us. Final portion, or final two portions of this hadith, then what comes next? قَالَ فَأَخْبِرْنِي عَنْ أَمَارَتِهَا Then, inform me about its uh, indications or its signs. قَالَ أَنْ تَرِدَ الْأَمَةُ رَبَّتَهَا وَأَنْ تَرَى الْحُفَاتِ الْعُرَاتِ الْعَالَةَ رِيَعَاءَ الشَّائِ يَتَطَاوَلُونَ فِي الْبُنْيَانِ That, tell me about some of its indications. So the Prophet says that the slave girl will give birth to her, uh, her, uh, her master. Or her, her, uh, her, her, her master's, um, you know, you know, yeah, give birth to her master, excuse me. And that you will find the barefoot, uh, 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 naked or destitute, if you will, goat herders competing with one another for the uh, construction of great, magnificent, big buildings. SubhanAllah, this is quite an interesting hadith for a few reasons. Okay, so the first thing is, what is the connection between these signs of Judgment Day and Ihsan, because Ihsan was the last topic, right? Well, the obvious answer is what? Ihsan is as if you see Allah. And the signs of Judgment Day are seeing Allah Ta'ala's promises come true. So there's clearly, an in, there is a connection between them. It should cause you to live with Ihsan. When you see Allah Ta'ala's promises coming true, it's as if you're seeing Allah Ta'ala manifest in front of you. Obviously, not literally, but in the sense that His works are coming true. So clearly, Ihsan, the idea of seeing Allah, is connected with Allah Ta'ala's promises of thousands of years ago, now coming true, and us seeing it right in front of our eyes. We should be like, subhanAllah, it's as if, just the same way when you look at a building, it's as if you, you can see the builders, right? Oh yes, Jazakallah khair, did it, did it cut? Is it red still? Yes. Oh good, Jazakallah khair. 